Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello, lovely listener, and welcome to the start of season six of the Pet Photographers Club. Can you believe we are up to season six already? That is absolute insanity to me. Coming up, we have a beautiful interview with Jack Jackson of Doggy Dates Toronto. This is one of our member spotlight interviews. So Jack is a member of the Pet Photographers Club, and today we chatted to him all about his photo project, Don't You Want Me? We'll get more into that in a second. It's absolutely fascinating and beautiful, so I can't wait for you guys to learn all about it. wanted to apologize at the head of this episode. The audio is mm, questionable, but it's worth listening to all the same because what Jack has to talk about is just so incredibly touching, basically. We are sneaking in this episode right at the end of Pride Month, so happy Pride Month if you are listening to this in June. Um, And a quick note on the Pet Photographer of the Year Awards. Obviously, those are now closed, and we are in the midst of judging. We had over 2,500 photos entered this year. That's five times as many as last year. So it's... uh, It's a lot of photos to look through. Not complaining though, your work has been absolutely beautiful. It's such an honor to be able to judge these awards. Stay tuned for the 1st of July. That's when we will be releasing the top 100 shortlists for all four categories. So we'll have a top 100 portrait, top 100 action, top 100 for pets and their people, and top 100 for open. Now, if you missed the awards somehow, it felt like we were posting all about it, but you know how social media and So if you did miss the awards, make sure you sign up at the Pet Photographers Club. You can subscribe, and then that way you won't miss any of our emails. Anyway, I just wanted to jump in ahead of this interview to preface with that because I know a lot of people are very excited about the awards. And if you are a member, we will have the Members' Choice voting system up very shortly and we will be doing a deep dive video episode so you can get a little bit of the behind the scenes into judging the awards. Anyway, without any further ado, let's dive into this Member Spotlight interview with Jack Jackson. Just a heads up, the audio is questionable at times, but well worth listening to. This is an awesome one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the start of season six of the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Caitlin J. McCall from Ragamart from Pet Photography, and I'm joined today by Kirsty McConnell from Bits of Bernard and Jack Jackson from Doggy Dates in Toronto. Yeah, welcome to the podcast, Jack. Uh, Doggy Dates Toronto is your business. I think maybe to start off, do you want to give a little introduction about who you are and what you're doing? Yeah, I have... Um... I have a dog walking and dog photography business. Um, and then alongside that, I um, I have a social impact uh, photography project that I do with, um, I'm the co-founder of that. And um, I do that with my project partner who is based in Brighton. Oh, based in Brighton, but you're in Canada, right? I'm in Toronto, yeah. And am I hearing a British accent? You, you are indeed. I am originally from a very small island in, uh, it's just south of the UK. It's called the Channel Islands. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful, but they're very small. Probably not best suited for someone like me. So uh, I'm super happy to be in Toronto and, and I forget how lucky I am to live here. I ended up in, in Toronto and had had no intention of 
coming to Toronto. I just decided to go for a year. And then obviously uh, I met someone and uh, I ended up here. So anyway, I had a lot of time on my hands and I was um, just taking pictures with my phone. Um, but I just got really obsessed with it. And um, my, my partner bought me a camera. Um, just before I, I started uh, doggy dates, I had uh, like a bow tie, a bow tie company, and I was doing some work with the trans community. But it really wasn't until I started the dog walking business that I just got absolutely obsessed. Right. So at the start, it was really more of a way for you to like photograph the dogs with your dog walking business. Like, how are you using the photos? I was just using um, my images on Instagram. I can't get enough of it. I, you know, during the day I, as a dog walker, I take the camera out with me pretty much, unless it's raining, um, pretty much every day. You know, if, uh, I would want to see my dog having the best time ever. And the dogs are having the best time ever. They're at this park. Oh, absolutely. It'd be so exciting for your dog walking clients to get little sneak peeks behind what their dogs are doing with you all day. And then obviously I can understand how just photographing that much then fed into naturally starting the dog photography business. So tell me a little bit about that balance between the dog walking and the photography. What does like the typical working day look like for you? Uh, well, uh, right, right, right now th things are a little bit different, but. Oh yeah, <laughs> pre-COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just working ridiculous hours. So during the day, I was dog walking. Um, and then in the evening, I would be working on either, you know, like the admin side of my dog photography or on the project. And um, I was probably working about 15 hours a day and it was a bit ridiculous. And then just certainly during the summer, I, you know, I would be um busy at the weekends with a photo shoot so i do sunrise sessions um and then i'd normally go straight <laughs> home walk the dog and then start editing um so i don't know i it, i i'm struggling to find or i certainly was struggling to find um balance you, you know i i felt that um i was being kind of pulled in 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 different directions Right. Yeah. It's so hard to find balance when you have multiple areas of your business or your life that you're really passionate about. I think we've teased chatting and we would dance around chatting about the Don't You Want Me project enough. It's what we really want to dive into. So I think let's do that. Correct me if we're wrong, but essentially this Don't You Want Me project is a big global photography project showcasing the beauty, the resilience of LGBTQ people alongside their rescue dogs, particularly with relationships where there's been a significant transformative effect from their dogs. Um, so you're photographing them, you're videoing them, you're interviewing them, you're sharing their stories. There is, before we dive into sort of exactly what you're doing, I want to play the audio from this beautiful, beautiful video that you've put together on the doyouwantme.com website. So we'll play that audio and then we'll jump back into our interview. This is Jet Jackson. She's the love of my life and she also saved my life. Hey son, when you're coming home And can you call me more when you're gone Cause you never know, you never know, you never know Just what's coming Hi, I'm Deb. I'm from New York City. I'm a portrait photographer and an animal rescue advocate. 
Hi, I'm Jack Jackson. I'm a dog photographer. I'm Ruben. I'm Jazz. This is Barney. This is Luna. Sassy is Staffy. My name's Toby. This is Flint. When I first got Flint, I was at a pretty low point in my life, but once I had him, he definitely made me feel like I was I was worth something. It's great because we comfort each other and and it's something I've never really had in my life before. Freya still gets really scared. Her anxiety still comes out. Having anxiety disorder, it's highly relatable. And it also allows me to have a bit more compassion for myself and my anxiety. Because, you know, I'd never punish her for getting scared and running home. So I hold on to this. Queer and trans people have a unique view on on gender and how we could be treated differently if we are one gender or another. I think that's a really important conversation. Trans people's voices are really, really powerful and, and they need to be heard. No matter how you identify or who you are, everybody deserves love and respect. I think Barney and Luna experience prejudice because of their breed all the time. And that breaks my heart because I know what lovely creatures they are. And I guess that's the same with people in a way, isn't it? That like we're often judged on the way that we look and that's often really inaccurate. It, it's such a beautiful representation of this project, that video. Me just playing a little bit of the audio snippets obviously doesn't do it justice, so definitely head over to don'twantme.com if you want to watch the video and obviously check out these stories. But Jack, it's just such a beautiful project. I'm really excited to dive into more and hear more about what you're doing. When you first emailed this link of this video to Kirsty and I, we were chatting about let's record this interview in time for Pride Month, which we've managed to just squeeze in there. Uh, we're recording this on the 24th of June, so just getting in there. Hopefully we can release it by the end of June. Um, but yeah, it's such a moving video. For me personally, my dog saved my life during a really uh, difficult time in my life when I was struggling to come to terms with my sexuality. Um, so watching this video was just brought me to tears and I'm sure there's lots of people out there who would who will be touched to hear representation to see representation of their own stories and as we all know anyone listening to this is probably also a dog person and we know that they really they can make a huge difference when you really need them so yeah it's it's beautiful let's dive in I want to hear all about it so first of all how did it start how did you and Deb connect Okay, so um, so Deb, who is um, the co-founder of the project with me, she reached out to me, um, I think it was spring 2018, just to write a blog about my um, dog photography, which was, you know, I kind of just started out, so it was super flattering, but like, she was this established portrait photographer, and, you know, I felt that I should be writing about her. Anyway, we just got on really well, and one of the questions that she asked me in the blog was when I was going to do my first, um, or when I was going to do a, a dog photography book. And, you know, at the time, so this is like two years this is two years ago, and I just thought, oh, my God, you know, I, I'm not there yet. I don't know how to do that. I'm just starting out. Um, but I couldn't I couldn't really let go of the idea, and I just thought, you know, why why not? 
And then we talked about the idea of working together and to do something that combined our interests. So for Deb, Deb's very, um, she's done a lot of work in the dog rescue world and is a portrait photographer. Um, And then, you know, obviously I'm a dog photographer and I'm, um, I'd done quite a bit of work previously with the queer and trans community. So we just combined our interests and kind of, I, I guess it was based loosely on, well, not loosely, but on a situation that I'd gone through. Um, to many trans people, you know, you'd, you'd move from a place of relative security. So for me, you know, it was my family, it was where I'd lived. And then, you know, I moved to Toronto. And so kind of like layers of security are stripped away. And um, I just ended up in a a very, very difficult position. I I ended up getting getting my my dog and it kind of just changed everything. And it, it completely transformed my life. I was in a really, really difficult uh, position and then just with the introduction of jet um everything everything changed and and that was kind of um that was i guess i guess that was why we started the project just on on the back of that it's beautiful and so what you're doing is shooting portraits you have this really raw style which we love um is deb also photographing on her side of the world that's right yeah so uh, deb, deb has spent some time in um brooklyn but now she's in brighton so she's been doing sessions in in both brooklyn and brighton and i'm, I'm doing the sessions in toronto i want to go to the very start like how does somebody um get to be a part of the project do they apply do you find them Really, we've just been reaching out via all our marketing has been via Instagram. Um, we've tried to do a few uh, press releases, and we also did a like a, an inaugural like exhibition kind of party to get a bit of publicity. But but we um, yeah, we just reached out via via Instagram, and I I know a few like queer and trans people just from some of the work that I've done in Toronto before. Right, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but people don't have to pay to be involved in this project, so presumably you have, like, a strict criteria to work out who you'll actually be photographing? So, you know, the the criteria for the project, like, it's on the website um, and we do, we have had to stress to people, um, you know, your story has to be transformative, Um so we've we've had some people kind you know I think just want an, a nice shoot of them and their dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so we've had to kind kind of uh, you know politely say, well, I you know I just you don't really fit the criteria of the project. Um, and and even you know b- before the session they have to um, they they have to answer some not heavy questions, but um, and you, you know if if the if the story isn't isn't good enough, then it sounds really harsh. Um, oh, no, it really doesn't. To be honest, you and Deb are volunteering your time. The whole point of this project is to tell the stories and you need to make sure that they are stories that 
you know, go alongside what the project's all about. It makes total sense to me that you'd have to be quite strict because to be perfectly frank, you don't want to waste your time. So yeah, typically someone might see the project on your Instagram, they send you a message, they're interested in learning more. So you send them these interview questions. Are you sending the same questions to everyone? We are, yeah. You know, it's the narratives. You, they see the image, but it's the narrative that, and it is bringing people to tears. Sometimes it's happy tears. Sometimes it's, you know, oh my God, you know, that that is horrific or that is, you know, that, wow, that's that's wonderful. Anyway, sorry, just to go back to your, your question, we, we are going to shake it up a little bit and we are going to start in, a, in an actual session. We are going to start asking them the questions and just have it very organic rather than them having to sit down and you know just kind of write to assault to, to someone that they haven't even met yet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and jack i imagine that will evoke um incredible emotion f- for the images as well i mean it'll be so powerful um to to sort of that message will really show through in the images then as well i mean is that what is that where you're going with that thought process as well yeah so um, you know, we're going to start off with some questions before the um, before the session, just so that um, certainly certainly for me, I like to go to a session with some images in in mind of what I would be shooting. Deb is totally different from me. She will just rock up to a shoot and she'll just nail it. Well, I I'm I'm um, you know I will look at their questions. I will see kind of and. Before the shoot, I will I will have ideas in my head, um, but then at the actual session, we just want to you know if there's any questions that we kind of want to to go a bit into further detail once they actually you know see us know us we want to start um, having uh, some of the sessions filmed as well just to add you know an extra layer of content. I think that's such a clever idea and obviously the nature of this project with the stories, it really lends itself to video. I noticed on your website you had a call out looking for other videographers. So at the moment, are you shooting video at the same time as you're shooting stills or how that's working? Uh, So, you know, we've tried. We've tried to do like, you know, just do a little video recording on our phones. But we're applying for grants um, and we want to actually get someone in to you know to come to the session with us it's just a really powerful another powerful way of kind of 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 reaching people and and adding that extra layer to um to people's stories so that's definitely something that we're we're eager to do is the end in the end goal in mind still to do a book like Deb had originally brought up with you way back when, or are you more focused on, you know, doing more of these exhibitions? What is it that you're hoping long-term, I guess, to, to do with all the stories? Um, I, I think ultimately we'd both still like to do the book. The When we did the uh, inaugural ex- exhibition, it was just, it was amazing and so I, I would love to do that again. Um, we did one in. We also did one in Brighton um, 
which which was cool. Uh, so I'd, we'd quite like to take it to different cities. So to answer your question, yes, we want to do a book. Um, we still like the idea of the exhibitions um, and we want to get more um, like kind of content, video content for, for the website. So uh, I, I'm not sure which one will take priority and it's, uh, you know, the, these things take time. and Yeah, juggling everything at once. And so is this... Some, is it something that you see like growing like a collective like are you in depth thinking like let's add more photographers on or you're just trying to talk to people all around the world about their stories but you endeavor doing it all uh, I think um, I think I'm a bit too much of a control freak to kind of mm-hmm. bring other other um, photographers in it's some of some of it is really sensitive stuff and I, I think you have to have that connection with your with your photographer for, for that reason alone I wouldn't want to open it up um and it is kind of our little our, I'm so passionate about it it's your baby I totally understand that so um I know Jack that somehow you have managed to keep this project going despite the fact that you're in lockdown because you've been doing these FaceTime sessions so tell us a little bit more about that this is something that Deb um, brought to my attention was these these FaceTime, um, you know, lots of photographers because they couldn't be at someone's house or you, they, they were doing these FaceTime sessions. And it it is a really useful tool for us until we get more funding to, you know, to travel. Um, it, it is uh, – I don't know if, if you guys have done one, but it's – really it's actually really hard when you put dogs into the mix as well it's hard anyway doing a facetime photo shoot session you'd think it would be quite easy but it's it's way harder than an an actual photo shoot so but it's an option so after the photo shoot um what is what is happening then i mean um not just in terms of the photographs but also you know what kind of response have you been getting from the participants has anybody had some some feedback um, about how it's affected them on a maybe a personal journey. People love doing it. We've had a huge amount of uh, support from the participants. You know, they've been promoting the project for us. Yeah, I, I think that you know they really get it. Their dog has based. You know, for I I would say for at least half of our participants, they they say that their dog has saved their life. You know they're happy to promote their project because it, this is something that they they want people to kind of see and and understand. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's such a wonderful project, and it's been so fascinating to talk to you today, Jack. I feel like Kirsty and I we've interviewed plenty of photographers before on this podcast who use personal projects or photographic projects as a marketing strategy, bring dogs through the door, that kind of thing, which, hey, guys, you know I'm a big fan of that, but it's really fascinating for me to hear someone who is doing a photo project with more of this photojournalistic, documentarian, this social impact project 
where it's it's not something that's bringing you clients it's not a marketing strategy for your business you're just doing this because it's something that you feel passionate about and i think that you can certainly see that passion shine through in your photos so it's been so interesting to hear that sort of approach to pet photography thank you so much for sharing your story Everyone, you definitely want to go check out the stories at don'tyouwantme.com. And Jack, to stay up to date with what you're doing, would you say Instagram's the best place for us to be? Uh, Instagram, yes, for sure. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I will definitely include links to that in the show notes. Now, Jack, I know you're not on Facebook, but members, if you are listening to this, you can pop into the member zone and there's that little discussions tab. So you can leave a comment if you want Jack to see your thoughts or your questions after this interview and hey members if you're doing your own personal projects we would love to hear more about it don't forget that you can apply to have your own member spotlight interview we would love 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 to hear all about what you're doing but anyway jack thank you so so much for coming on board it has been so great to chat to you today to hear all about your story so thank you for sharing that with us And yeah, cannot wait to see what the future brings for the Don't You Want Me project. All right. Thanks so much for your time. And and my apologies for the uh, the issues with the the internet. (laughs) All good. (laughs) Um, We'll chat soon, I'm sure. Have a good day. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.